Welcome to Zion Impact Ministries, the local assembly of the Kingdom Community of Believers. As you listen to this message, we pray that God establishes the governing influence of Christ Jesus in your life through fellowship and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. By God's mercy. This month is dubbed the month of divine guidance and preservation. Hallelujah. And as Yoku rightfully said, actually when he mentioned it, that's when I started recollecting that this year is actually we've been learning a lot about walking in the spirit, discernment, being led by God, alignment, you know. And by God's mercy, this month we are learning about divine guidance and preservation. And as Yoko also rightfully said, the two of them, they make sense. They join together. It's as a result of the guidance of God that God preserves you. And I believe strongly that as the word of God is coming to us, we would receive the understanding of what God wants to teach us in the name of Jesus. Can we be upstanding for one minute? We'll read the scripture for today. We'll take our seats and we'll hear what the Lord has for us. Isaiah chapter 58 from verse 11. Yoko mentioned it earlier on. God bless you so much, Yoko. This is the anchor scripture for this month. And the scripture reads, The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought. So we see guidance. Then we see preservation. And strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose water does not fail. And this is a scripture that the master is giving to us who are hearing his word that he will guide us continually. Continually, He will satisfy our souls which is in drought, which is burdened, which is in weary, which is sad, which is lost, which is confused. As a result of his guidance, he takes us out of these places and then he will strengthen our bones. And you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose water does not fail. Spirit of the living God, we are grateful for this gathering. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ that your spirit will brood over us. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ that our, 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 our hearts shall be a ready soil to receive your seed, which is the word of God. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ that as this word comes to us, may it transform us. May it draw us closer to you. May it keep us in the path that you have allotted for us even before the framework of the universe that we would walk in. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that as his word comes to us, may it transform myself as well. In the name of Jesus. Visit us in a spectacular way and draw us closer to you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Evan, I'll need you to sit by me today. You can take your seat. I need you to sit and play with me as I minister God's word to, to all of us. Looking at the English translation of divine guidance, it, re- it reads, divine guidance refers to advice or information provided by a person of experience to solve a problem or improve a way of life, of leading to fulfill a destination. I'll take it again. Divine guidance refers to advice or information provided by a person of experience to solve a problem or improve a way of life of leading to fulfill a particular destination. Divine guidance. This And now this is the, the translation that I received um, when I was preparing. And it said, divine guidance then is a kingdom principle where the king's responsibility is to guide its subjects constitutionally. It is the prompting that directs 
the prompting that steers you away from trouble and provides a way, thing, a way that is possible or impossible to bring you to a destination of fulfillment from the place of submission. I've said plenty of things, but I hope you, you got something. <laughs> I hope you got something. Let me just read that one again. You'll go, hopefully you'll be able to type something and then you show it on our screen while I teach. Hallelujah. Divine guidance then is a kingdom principle where the king's responsibility is to guide its subjects according to the constitution. Its constitution, the constitution of the kingdom. And what this guidance does is that it prompts us, it directs us, it steers us away from trouble. It provides a way, a way that seems possible, a way that seems impossible. And it brings us to a destination of fulfillment from the place of submission. I have come to understand that guidance is one of the things that have been factioned in, in the way the world was created. And that's the reason why when we are driving, we see road signs. What the road signs does is that it guides us to a particular location. Or it guides us to prevent us from making certain errors. Right? So, for everyone who has a driver's license, proper driver's license, meaning that you went to school, you learned, and then you passed. I think the score mark is what? 21. I think 21. Do you remember? Are we sure we, we all got our license? <laughs> yeah. The pass mark was 21 over 30. And for you to be able to get a license, they will show you certain signs that you must know. And those signs that you must know, they're not in Ghana. They're in Ghana. <laughs> but those signs helps you drive effectively. And they serve as guides. To the particular location. Even I'm going back to driving because I'm saying driving because driving is one of the things that we encounter every single day of our lives. When we sit in a bus, we sit in a drawdraw, we sit on a bicycle, whatever, to get to a certain location. These guides are so crucial for how driving is done. For this particular road, I've seen that there is a problem with the traffic lights. For those of you who have driven at of course, come to Adabraka, you know that there's a lot of one-way roads. Adabraka, Usu, plenty one-way. Jamestown. This particular road, the traffic light here, that leads, that takes you to the um, ridge as you are going back to town. And the traffic light that takes you to... When it switches, it doesn't give a breathing space to switch. So what, what I mean is that when it's red on the route that leads to like ridge area, it, it turns at the same time the traffic light goes to circle. So there's a lot of collision on this particular road. Initially, I felt I thought it was spiritual, like hey, what's up with the accident? But no, 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 no. The traffic light turns at the same time. So I've come to understand the importance of guidance. The traffic light serves as a guide to prevent us from accidents. But what happens is that the people that who usually end up in issues with accidents or issues with um, the police are people who have breached the form of guidance that have been allotted. Does that make sense? So all of those who have accidents on the road is because they, they were not submissive to their, 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 their guidance. So divine guidance, look, it is too important for our living. Divine guidance, we can never take it out of, a king, of, of the kingdom. And every kingdom is structured with guidance that leads you to a particular location. Hallelujah. So as we are here, we know that we need guidance. For, I know that there are a lot of... Um, a lot of theories or a lot of um, doctrines that teaches about, you know, I can guide myself, you know. Um, there is no higher power. Um, 
And those are beliefs that people hold on strongly to. Just like how we hold on to the faith of, of, of Christianity, of believing in Jesus Christ. But for us who have had a taste of his, of his knowledge, have a taste of him, have come to understand the importance of his guidance. Because there are some times that we make certain decisions that have the tendency of leading us astray or bringing us to a particular location. Hallelujah. Divine guidance is too important for the way that life is structured. And when I talk about this, I look at the scripture in Psalm 32 verse 8. And the Bible said that, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. And this is the scripture that the Holy Spirit is referring to us. That he will guide us with his eye. I believe strongly that when we look at the scripture in John chapter 16 from verse 17, if I'm not mistaken, the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit, he guides us into all truth. So one of the things that the Holy Spirit does for us is that he is a guide. Is that he is a guide. And his responsibility is to guide us. So when we are talking about this, back to the scripture in Psalm 38, not Psalm 32 from verse 8, the Bible says that I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to us. That he is the, the perfect epitome of guidance in the kingdom. That he would guide us into all truth. Hallelujah. That he would guide us into all truth. So the scripture I read again, I will instruct you, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. What the scripture is just emphasizing is that God himself is like the Google Maps. He will guide us with his eye. If you have an understanding of how Google Maps works, you know that it's a satellite that is leading us to a location. So the satellite can easily be referred to an eye. And that's how come you can be here and you can find location as far as Sotuom. Or maybe you are going to the north. You, can, you know that there's a Google Maps can actually take you to the north. You know that's right. I hope you know that. And to show you the stipulated time of taking you to they're not. So Google Maps can easily be, even to London. Yeah. Because there are people who actually drove or rode bicycles to London. They had a form of guidance. They couldn't have done it with their mind. There needed to be something that was foreseeing the, the route to lead them to the particular location. I understand what I'm saying. I hope I'm, I'm making sense. There needed to be a foreseeing eye to lead them to the, to the place that they wanted to go to. And that is the importance of direction. That's the importance of guidance. And by God's mercy, as we have seen in the scripture, the Holy Spirit is emphasizing to us that he is our guide. And he said he will instruct us and teach us in the way that we should go. Going back to this, this is something I've always mentioned because it's very practical. It's practical as happened to us. Um, even initially, when Google Maps came to Ghana, for most of you who tried to use it, you saw that sometimes it can lead you to somebody's backyard. When it's supposed to lead you to the location you're supposed to go. Hey, those days, you are driving, you say you are going. Then it, it, it takes you and it tells you, you have arrived at a location. Mama, sir, you are behind somebody's house. You know? So, for some of us, we have be, come to understand a way by which our life should be guided. But I've come to understand that the guidance that God gives is the shape of getting to a location. Just like how we trust, most of us trust the Google Maps to take us to a location. I have come to encounter the guide that comes from the Holy Spirit. Let's see. And that guidance always leads to the location. But that guidance is only made available from the place of submission. The only way by which we get to a location is when we submit to the thing that is guiding us. So, for us who 
might know the way to uh, Osu Papaye. But maybe we want to find, find a shorter route to get there. Just by us submitting to the Google Maps, it, will, it might take us there early. Submission. The place of submission, it goes hand in hand. Hand, hand in hand. I say hand like a garment. <laughs> it goes hand in hand with submission. Divine guidance goes hand in hand with submission. And for us in the faith, guidance, divine guidance comes with us submitting to the Holy Spirit. Submitting to the Holy Spirit. I want us to look at the scripture in Exodus chapter 23 from verse 20. And this is a story that emphasizes an angel of the Lord that was sent to the people of Israel to lead them to the destination that God had allotted for them. And the Bible said that, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place that I have prepared. The angel of the Lord sent by the master. 21. Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgressions. For my name is in him. It's a representation of him. But if you indeed obey his voice and do that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel will bring you my angel will go before you and bring you into the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and I will cut them off. So what this scripture is basically emphasizing is that as a result of the Israelites paying attention to the leading of the angel which is a representation of God himself they would get to their destination. But there was a clause. Obedience. Submission. Hallelujah. I know that most of us seated here have a heartbeat of making sure that their lives are beneficial. But the, the, like how complete our lives are is dependent on our submission to his divine guidance. It goes hand in hand. And when I was brooding on this, this particular topic, I was preparing the sermon that God wanted to teach us. I, I, it made me go back to my secret place. Father, may I want to always yield to your guidance? And I was having a conversation with my wife yesterday and I was telling her about like, that how important, so important guidance is. Just like how important discernment is. But the guidance of God is too, 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 too important. But it begins from the place of submission. And we can never do without it. That place of submission to the voice of God. When we look at the scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 30 from verse 8, the Bible says that now do not, now do not be stiff-necked as your, as your fathers were, but yield yourself to the Lord and enter his sanctuary, which he has sanctified forever. And serve the Lord your God that the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. Do not be stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourself to the Lord. Submit yourselves to the Lord and enter his sanctuary, which he has sanctified forever. And serve the Lord your God that the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. Divine guidance and its relationship with submission. So for us, us who are gathered here, I believe strongly that we have that heartbeat of submission to God. And that's the reason why we, we constantly want to be in his presence. As we are submitted to God, God has a responsibility to guide us to the place that he has allotted for us, even before the framework of the universe. For most of us who have been listening to Apostle Kingsley Jacobs, he has been teaching a lot 
about the sovereignty of God and how before his eyes he knows how our end is. He knows our beginning. He knows our present and how our end will be. So before his eyes he has seen all of us. Our lives flash before us. And that's the reason why Jesus Christ was prophesied. And when we look at the book of Isaiah and the scriptures, the Old Testament, we see that the things that were prophesied about Jesus Christ, we saw the tangible manifestations of it in the New Testament when he really actually appeared. Because before his eyes, even though we are in the present, he is seeing our end and how we will get there. But I believe strongly that for everyone that God brings on the earth, of course, we know that God has given all of us a purpose to accomplish. But we would not be able to unravel the fullness of what God has destined for us unless we submit to his guidance. I understand what I'm saying. Unless we submit to his guidance, we would not be able to reach the, 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 the end that he has prescribed for us. So submission is too important in the faith as we serve him. Hallelujah. It is too important. And as I I purposely use examples that are relatable to us because it it, it gives us perspective. It gives us like an understanding of like what what we are teaching about. Divine guidance. The reason why a child would grow up in the way that the Lord has prescribed for him to grow is dependent on the guidance of the parents. So, when you read a lot of stories about the Bronx, when you read a lot of stories, when you read the stories of the Bronx cry is too far. Choco, choco. When we look at choco, you notice that all of them have a particular way their life is. They usually talk the same way. They insult the same way. Last time I was driving and I, I just tend to look at, I was in a, tra- in a traffic light and I tend to look at um, some guys in a trotro. I think it was a bus. They were coming. They were going somewhere. And they were all speaking the same way. And they were like literally fighting in a trotro. So like different families were fighting. I don't know what exactly they were arguing about. But they all had the same tonation. It means that there is a particular way of life that they all have. There's something that guides all of them to speak the way they speak. So most of them, a lot of them have a particular mindset. That you know what? I would, a lot, in most of the gang communities, they don't like working. They like for people to take care of them. You know, so they will pray that a, a rich uncle would get money and then every day you'll be sending them money. <laughs> yeah. So because of that, there is that guidance, there is that, like, their mind has been calibrated in a way that they live in that particular way. Unless there comes a day when maybe there's somebody who can guide them out of that place of, of captivity, you will see that they will be there throughout their lives. And that's the reason why parenting is so important. And I like what you guys were saying, Evan, and you, you were talking about your father and all those things. They are, they are, it's, I know sometimes we have clashes, but I've come to understand the guidance that parents give. And the place of honor that we have a responsibility of giving to our parents. Because you'll be amazed where God will use them to send us. And something I want us to understand. I want us to be a, 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 a gathering of people who don't rebel against parents. I'm, I'm, God wants us to, to, to hammer on this thing. I want us to learn this thing. Your parents might be, your father or your mother might, they, in your eyes, they may be people who don't have sense. Or people who may, may not be speaking the tongues the way you speak the tongues. But there is a reason why God made you their child. 
that place of honor, that place of guidance is too important. The place that you'll be amazed at the certain things that they did or certain things that your grandparents have done that have parted a way for you to be able to speak the tongues the way you speak. But I've come to see that a lot of a lot of people, or a lot, it's even us, I'm talking about representatives of the kingdom. We don't like to honor our parents. We feel like maybe we speak more tongues than them. Or maybe we feel like, oh, I may have a more, more understanding of, of the way my life should be. So we miss out on major blessings that God wants to do with us. I want us to be a church that honors our parents. Because God has made them a guide, whether you like it or not. Can I get a clap offering with this one? I want us to be a people who love to honor our parents. This is not what I'm talking about. I had this to talk about. I just feel led in my spirit that God wants us to really, really be people who honor our parents. I've come to see a certain kind of people. And I'm just remembering the story of one of my cousins. Um, she is still in Jamestown. And when we were growing up, we, my father always used to tell us stories about how she used to insult the mother. The mother, the mother when she was alive, took care of her, her children. Um, she has about five children um, from different husbands, from different men. But the mother in her caliber knew that she must take care of this, this family. So deliberately, she was being a guide to her and her children and her grandchildren, and great-grandchildren, actually. So when she remember how she was winning, because she's remembering how she used to disrespect the mother. I know. It was from a place of regret. It wasn't from a place of, oh, I'll miss you. Like, it's a place of regret where her heart is, is, is bleeding because she, she dishonored her parents. And that's how, that's, I've seen that a lot of people always want to honor people when they are gone. And it's something I've been talking, I've been teaching my wife since we got married. It's something that that apostle taught me. That we must be people who honor our parents. It's something that we, we really hammered into, into our foundation about honoring our parents. They may not have everything right. That's why God has given us a responsibility to pray with them and pray for them and pray for all those in authority. But God, God has made them guides in our lives. You must not ignore it. It's a principle of the kingdom that you cannot ignore. That your mother who birthed you in pain not in luxury. I've not heard of anybody who just, and even the Hebrew women that they talk about how they, they labor, they, they gave birth to their children in, 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 in ease. This, yeah, they had nine months of, of tarrying, of not doing certain things that they naturally will do. So I want us to really, really, really honor our parents because God has made them a guide, whether you like it or not. God has made them a voice in our lives that we must never ignore. Hallelujah. I've come to understand that the, 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 from the place of honor, where we, have, where we honor our parents, it brings open doors. It brings a lot of open doors. And I've, I'm, I'm, we are still enjoying it, my wife and I. Just from the place of honor, honor, honoring your parents. It's a principle of the kingdom that we can never ignore. As the Bible told us, it's a law that he gave to us in the kingdom. That honor your father and mother so that your days will be long. It's not just talking about the length of your years so. The, the, your days will be long that you enjoy your days of length. You're not just talking about how long you would live. That, 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 that you, like, you, you enjoy that the length of your days. And you receive certain open doors in your life. We can never ignore the guidance that God has given to us on earth. Because these are authorities that he gave. Divine guidance from the place of submission. We can only enjoy the guidance of our parents when we submit to them. They work hand in hand, I'm telling you. I kid you not. 
I'll not tell you something that I don't know. God wants us to honor our parents, and not just our parents, but also those in authority over us. At our workplaces, you we should not be a people who joins people to insult our bosses. Because I've come to I've come to see that the Lord that even as Christians, believers, represents to the kingdoms are the one when people are insulting their bosses or their leaders, we also join. And it's something that God chastised me about concerning Ghana. For those of you who know me, you know I'm very passionate about Ghana. And that's the reason why till today I watch Black Stars. That's just a representation of how I love it. I can be watching Black Stars. I can watch highlights. I can go on the GFA page and just find out what Ghana, what Black Stars is doing. I've seen that it, it, because of my love for Ghana. And I've come to understand because we love our nation Ghana, and a lot of times we are moved by emotions to insult the people that God has given us uh, authority, like our president. I think in Ghana, if we calculate the insults, since uh, Nkrumah came to save us, I think he has received the most. You know? And surprisingly, people represent the kingdom which we are part. Oh, I'm telling you. I kid you not. I kid you not. We are part. People have been using the, the fact that he's bald and he said I will knock him. Like, a whole lot of things. I saw once, I, I, I saw a video, mommy. And in the video, there was a, I think Akuva, this one of Akuva on the screen. It was his father. Ah, his father. Oh, no, no, it was a statue. And the guy went to a statue and he saw Akufado's dad's head, like the big scene, and he knocked the head. <laughs> you know, we have become a, a, a people who are so dishonorable to authority. I, I, I was one till God rebuked me on it. Can we be the change that we truly are, representing the kingdom, where we too obey guidance, the people that God has put on us. I believe strongly that if as a people we gather to pray for our president, we gather to pray for our nation, it will make a difference. And people will say that, oh, but America, they are not praying. Why are they functioning? The people are stupid. You have no idea what America has done for America to be where America is. Oh, I kid you not. Abraham Lincoln, those guys who set the foundation of America, you have no, you have no idea the amount of prayers that they did. The amount of sacrifice that they made for America to drive the way this in Europe, in all Europe, put them together. These are nations that are birthed from a place of uh, um, church uh, missionaries. If you like, when you go, go and do research. So when you hear people, the atheists come and tell you that, oh, America, or people who are in who are telling you that you say every day, you're bumper, you're bumper, go, go, caca, you're bumper, you're bumper, you're not seeing anything. You have no idea the amount of sacrifice that the, that the people that you always want to run to their country did for their country to function like that. Um, if you like go and do research these countries were burned from the place of prayer so we have a responsibility representatives of the kingdom to make sure that we are praying for our nation unfortunately our leaders a lot of the things that they do they do it with sacrifice they, they, instead of doing right sacrifices they do wrong sacrifices they are killing people just so that they can attain power and that's what is fighting the nation that is what is crying out. And as we have, remember, we, talk, we learned yesterday, whatever is sown, is if you plant orange, you will, rip, you will get orange. You can never plant orange and get pear. You cannot say that, oh, I want to you know, put orange seed and now maybe I want to eat grapes, so grapes will come at me, you lie bad. It's whatever you plant in the ground, that's what grapes are harvest. So whatever our forefathers had done from the place of sacrifice, killing people is what is crying out. But it can be reverted. From a place of us tarrying for the nation. So I want us to truly, when you hear anybody insulting Akufado, tell us, no, don't do that. Let's pray for him. 
I believe First Timothy chapter 1 or chapter 2 tells the teachers that we should pray for those in authority. It's our responsibility. God has made them a guide over us whether we like it or not. And we must pray for them. A divine guidance from the place of submission. We can never ignore it. I want us to look at the scripture in 1 Peter chapter 2 from verse 18. The Bible says that servants be submissive to your master with all fear. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. I love it. This is the New King James Version. Yoko, can we look at it? Um, Elua, can we look at it in the New Living Translation, please? Powerful scripture. First Peter chapter 2, verse 18. It said, you who are slaves, and we're not talking about slaves in this dispensation, we are talking about those who are submitted to God. Okay? Those who are Christians, we are, we are slaves of God. It means that our life, the life that we live is no more ours. Well, that's what it means to be a slave. It means that the person who has authority over you is who guides you. Okay? So, here he's just this in this particular context we are talking about those who are who have given their lives to God who have submitted to the Holy Spirit truly he said you who are slaves must submit to your masters with all respect we are talking about the, the highest or the highest um, master or the highest authority which is the Holy Spirit and then the people that God has made authority over us so for wives the Bible teaches us to submit to our own husbands as well as God and God has also been given the responsibility of our husbands to also submit to God to Jesus as a result of them submitting to God they'll be able to teach prepare harness their wives to lead them to a place of submission but God wants us as a people to submit to authorities as we submit to him with all respect do what they tell you, not only if they are kind and reasonable, but even if they are cruel. That's what the scripture is saying. I didn't write this one. It'd be Peter. It's not remembering. <laughs> oh, sweet spirit of God. Do what they tell you, not only if they are kind and reasonable, but even if they are cruel. My wife and I, by God's mercy, are dealing with a certain case where a certain friend is in constant rebellion against her mother and is leading her into a lot of trouble. I mean, you can be somewhere where you think that God said you should be there. But when you are constantly in rebellion to the authority that God has made as a guide over your life, you know that you are entering into trouble. But the place of submission, it first begins from us truly submitting to Jesus. Hallelujah. He is our master. And as we submit to him, he teaches us how to submit to those who are around us. Talking about submitting to the shepherd, yesterday I, I, I found a new place where I like to meditate. And uh, yesterday, by God's mercy, what happened, I was supposed to have gone for a meeting. Meet, we were supposed to have met a few people to pray. Uh, but something happened with my vehicle and I, so I, I, I couldn't go anywhere because I needed someone to come and look at it. So I decided to go for a waiting in one of the places that I like to go to meditate. And I went there. So I went, I was, I was sitting under a tree and I was just reading scripture and I was just spending time with the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden I just felt like it's time for me to leave. So I got up, I was walking and I met a shepherd, one of those Fulani boys. And he was leading a flock of cows and bulls, like big, big cows. They were not small cows. Very, very, they were huge. But he was leading them. He had the responsibility of being a guide to them. 
So when I was walking, I felt like I should talk to him, you know. But when I was going, I, it was not, that was not what I was sensing that I should do. Because, you know, my natural disposition is that anybody I see, I must be able to talk to them about Jesus, you know. So I was, I felt like I should talk to him. But I, I was being restricted. I'm not saying that when God tells you to go and talk to them, you're restricted. I'm, 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 I'm telling you something. I'm, I'm, I'm leading you somewhere. So I just smiled at him. I, I went close to him. I, I waved at him. I smiled at him. And he looked at me, smiled back at me. But as I was walking, I just kept feeling like turn and watch. Turn and observe. So what happened? I turned. So where I was standing, was, it, was a little, it was a little high. So I could see the shepherd. There was a little distance from where the shepherd was, but he was leading a flock. There were about 100 cattle. Huge cows. And what happened was that the shepherd was leading them to a pasture, to graze. You know, most of these people, they have a place where they usually are. But for if, if they want their, their cows to be fresh, they, need, they take them to um, go and graze. I mean, in, in, in out of the country, you see that the, the cows there, they are very big. Last time when I saw a cow, I said, hey, which cow? Which one? It be cow or it be what? Hey, the thing is big, like huge. You know, of course, we know the things that they feed them with. So it makes them very juicy. <laughs> but this particular shepherd was leading, they were quite huge. And I noticed that he wanted to get them to the best of land. For pasture to graze. So initially they were at maybe let's say the east. They were at the east and then he was and they were eating there. But all of a sudden he spotted a place where there was a lot of grass that they would enjoy more. So what I saw him doing was that all of a sudden he started doing and their stature. And this is a Fulani boy. He's skinny like He's, he's, I think he's even slimmer. He's even leaner than, than Denzel. Skinny. And these are cows who I believe are heavier than him. Even their babies are heavier than even him. But he had the capacity of being a guide. So even though he was lean, he was holding a staff, but he had been given a responsibility of guiding the cows and the bulls in their stature to a place of plenty so that they can be nourished. So when he spotted the place, he started doing, then he took his stick and he started guiding them to where there was pasture. What would have happened for the cows and the bulls in their stature, even though they may have, they may have thought that they were big, now how can I allow this small boy to be leading me? I'm heavier than him. I'm stronger than him. I, 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 I may even be of more importance than to him than him to the, to the world. If they had not heeded to his guidance, they would have been in trouble. They would not have been enjoying the harvest. The plenty pastor that he had seen and was leading them to. What would have happened is that they would have still been eating that small grass. But in, in fighting over it, but immediately, all of a sudden, he was leading them and guiding them to a place of plenty. So even with the sounds and his direction and everything, all of a sudden, they started following him. My Lord. And as I was standing there, I, I just heard God speak to me that, watch, these cows are too big. Even their babies are bigger than him. But them heeding to the voice of their shepherd was a place that would lead them to a 
place of plenty. That God will lead them into a place of plenty. And the shepherd was just guiding them. And he, what happened was that he led them. It was over a distance. What he did was that he led about 10 of them. Yes. He led about 10 of them first to the pasture. And because he had led 10 of them to the pasture, some of them started seeing that, hey, my other guys are going. You know, let me start going. Yeah. So some of them started following. Then some of them who were not following, who were maybe were, were just still focusing on the small pasture, he went back to them. Are you understand what I'm telling you? I'm teaching us. There were some of them that the, the, the shepherd led to the place, but he left some of them behind. Some of them were too distracted because they were, they were focusing on the small thing. But the, the shepherd knew that if I can get these guys' attention and cause them to follow me, I can lead them to plenty. So what is it that he still went back and he was trying to catch the attention? I believe strongly that if any of the cows did not listen to the voice of the shepherd, they would still be focusing on the small thing that God that, that had been given to them, rather than focusing on the plenty that God was preparing them for or leading them to. And this is what happens to us in the kingdom. God, in his right as a guide, wants to guide us to a place that he knows would enjoy plenty. But sometimes our mindset, the fact that we think that maybe we know, or this thing, I know how it should be like, it restricts us from allowing God to lead and guide us. So we don't get to enjoy the plenty that he has prepared for us. And then, you understand what I'm saying? It, it, we don't get to enjoy the things that God has prepared for us. So I want us from today to really be bent on submission. Submitting to God. Being intentional about submitting to God. Being intentional about, about asking God, Father, keep me in the perfection of your will so that I would get to the place that you have allotted for me. So back to the story. What happened was that the shepherd eventually was able to lead a multitude of his flock to a place of plenty. The grass, it was even much more than what, where they were initially. The shepherd led them there. Because they were submissive to his voice. Submissive to his guidance. We must be submissive to the voice of God. In every aspect of our lives. Not just in church. But everything that we do. And I've come to since It brought me to tears. Because as I was looking at the thing with my own eyes. It was so practical for me. That the, the, the cattle were able to enjoy the plenty because the shepherd had foreseen number one, but also because they were submissive to his voice. And when he had led, a more, he led about, about 40 of them, but there were still about three more of them. The shepherd was still with them. But what happened was that there were some of them who had seen that, hey, you know what? When they raised up their eyes, they saw that, hey, Charlie, my people, they were going, oh, let me follow them. And they started following. And that's what happens to us. A lot of people who fall, who, who, who fall along the line. God wants to lead us. In a place of submission. He wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. And I want us to be very intentional about this. You can we go to Psalm 139 from verse 23? And it's a scripture that I, I, I chanced on. And it's just, it has become one of my prayer topics. I'm constantly praying this prayer because I've seen that this scripture keeps me in submission to God so that He can guide me to the place that He has allotted for me, the place of peace, the place of of, of constant guidance, the place of restitution, the place where he is guiding us and is preventing us from all, all sorts of attacks. The Bible says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. 24. It says, Point out anything in me that offends you, anything in me that will prevent me from being in a place of submission. 
anything that will prevent me from being in the place of submission. Point anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. The path that he has prescribed for us, but it does not, you, God cannot just lead you into everlasting life, but it comes from the place of submitting to him. So I, I know some of us are seated here who are dealing with certain things. We are dealing with like pornography. We are dealing with, um, uh, we are dealing with sexual sins. We are dealing with, with unforgiveness. We are dealing with jealousy. We are dealing with pride. We are dealing with, dealing with, um, self-esteem issues we are dealing with like low self-esteem issues we are dealing with um anxiety worry doubt god is calling us he said, point out anything in me that offends you these things are are, are the print the things that that offends god in the kingdom just like when you drive without a license it offends the government of ghana these things that we mentioned earlier a few of them that we mentioned are the things that offends god and it prevents us from being in the place of submission but he's saying that point that this is a scripture that David constantly prayed. And I want us to, to, to meditate on this scripture. This has become one of my favorite prayer topics, Joey. I pray this prayer. I'll be telling God that, Father, Father, if there's anything in my heart that, that prevents me from being where you have, you, have, you have destined me to be, point it out to me. Anything that offends you. If it's anything in my heart that offends you, for, if maybe I, the way I treat my wife, it offends you. Father, point it out to me so that I can truly please you. I pray this prayer. God knows my, and he knows I'm not lying. I'm telling you, I'm telling the truth. If there's anything in the way I'm handling the business that you have given to me, my business, Father, point it out to me so that I can, I can truly please you. If there's any way that I'm handling like unforgiveness in my heart, maybe somebody who has offended me, Father, point it out to me. If there's any way that I spoke that was wrong to my brother, to my father, to my sibling, to my mother, most of us who are still there, we insult our mothers more than we even insult our fathers. <laughs> You know, these things that, are, that have a, 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 there are things that are, Father pointed to bring it to my attention so that I can truly be led in the path of everlasting life. Divine guidance comes from the place of submission. I want us to note this scripture and pray with it. Anything in me that offends you, Father, bring it to my attention. Bring it to my attention. Next week, by God's mercy, we would emphasize on some of the ways by which we can submit to God. That would lead us in divine guidance. I don't want to go into it right now. If I start, to, I don't want to just mention it. But I want us to take time and break it. So make sure that as you are coming next week, you come with somebody else. These chairs are vessels that need to be filled. I want us to be intentional about inviting people to church, okay? Yeah. I believe strongly that some of the things that God teaches us in gatherings like this are too beneficial for our faith. Hallelujah. So, let us be evangelists on our own. Invite people to come to church. And I was telling my wife that even myself, I think I'm, I'm not doing it. I need to push it even harder. Especially for us in our dispensation, we have our social media pages. Propagate it. Yeah. yeah I'll be showing that next week, by God's mercy, of course, when the church is full, all these vessels are filled, and we are here, we would build on divine guidance from this place of submission and some of the things that we can do that would constantly keep us submitted to the, to the divine guidance of God. Can we be upstanding? I don't know what you have heard as the Lord spoke to us and as he is speaking to us this morning but I want you to pause a bit to meditate on some of the things that you have heard. I want us to meditate on it and ask the master 
that Father, Lord, I know that there are aspects of my life that I have not submitted to you. But based on the things that you have taught us today, you have shown me that you are the best guide in the world. That you are the best guide in the world. You are more accurate than Google Maps. You are more accurate than the fuel in my vehicle that directs me to a location. And I want to submit every aspect of my life to you. As we are praying this prayer, there's some of you who are here who want to rededicate your hearts to the master from the place of submission. I'll give you an opportunity. And the master will give you an opportunity to, 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 to make that prayer together. But I want us intentionally, all of us, to have a heart of submission. I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, this message is not for, it's for my neighbor. It's, not, it's for you. Oh, yeah. So I want us to close our eyes and ask the master, the father, let my heart be submissive to you. There are certain things in my heart, in my life that I have not submitted to you. I have not submitted my body to you. That's how come I can choose the places I go to. Rather than allowing you to guide me to where you want me to go to. There are certain places that God will prompt you. They look pleasing to the eye, but God will prompt you, don't go here. It's only those who are submitted to God who can only be led by him. And we have come to understand the importance of the leading of God. When we look at the scripture in Genesis chapter 12, the Bible teaches us about how the importance of Abraham's submission to the guidance of God. He heard a voice. And the voice told him that leave where you are. Leave where your, your, your father's gathering. Terror in, the, in, in that, that place. I think it's a place of none also. And he said, go to a place that I have prepared for you. It, almost, it, it could have only come to pass if he, when he was submitted to God. When he was submitted to the divine guidance of God. It was too important. Submission and divine guidance, they, work, they go hand in hand. Oh yes. We can never ignore it. We can never ignore. I want all of us to pray this prayer. If you want, you can lift up your hands. You can lift up your heart. You can lift up your gaze to God and tell God, Father, help me be submissive to you in every aspect of my life. For some of us, there are certain relationships that God would, have, would want to have, have prevented us from going to. But because we are not submitted to him, we ended up being in trouble. For some of us, God would have wanted to rescue us from a certain addiction. But because we are not submitted to God, we are, we are in it. We are in it. And it's ridding us of our, of our, of our relevance. It's taking away, like, it's, it's ripping our lives from us. But I know that the spirit of the living God is in this gathering. And is willing to quench every, every, every thirsty heart. And bring us to total submission to him. Come on, come on, lift up your voice to the master. Lift up your voice to the master and tell him that, Father, help me be submissive to you in every aspect of my life so that you can guide me, so that you can guide me, so that you can guide me, so that you can guide me. Lord, I need your guidance. Just as the cows were, were being led by their shepherd, Lord, we need your guidance. We cannot do without your guidance.
Lord, we need your guidance. Lord, we need your guidance. Lord, we need your guidance. Lord, we need your guidance. Lord, we need your guidance. Father, help us be submissive to you. Thank you for listening. If you were blessed by this message, share it with someone so they can be blessed too. We look forward to fellowshipping with you next time at Zion Impact Ministry.